again, listeners, and welcome back to another week and another episode of Wishing You Wellness here with Allison Toth. I wish you guys the most amazing Saturday afternoon if you are listening to this episode during its release, which is on Saturday, March 5th. If not, I hope you are having a wonderful whatever day it is for you. I am really freaking excited to get into today's topic because this topic was actually a suggestion from a listener. And better yet, this listener wasn't somebody who I grew up with or somebody I went to college with. This was a listener who just so happened to see the Instagram page and then send me a message. And yeah, somebody who I didn't know had found this podcast and gave it a listen. And that may seem sort of small, but to me, being brand new at podcasting and having this be such an important message for me, it feels like such a huge win. And so the question that was asked in that direct message on Instagram was this, how can I live and deal with cognitive distortions? And then she went on to say, I know that I struggle with certain cognitive distortions, but I don't know how to address and change those thinking patterns. This really is a topic that I could dive into for hours and hours, but today I am going to get into the bare bones of it. And then eventually I hope to do another more in-depth episode and maybe go into more specifics. But for today, I'm going to get into what cognitive distortions are, a few types of them, what they look like, the kinds of negative outcomes they can manifest into your life, and then just a few ways to combat cognitive distortions and to reframe and rewire your patterns of thinking. Because as I say in probably every single episode, the mind believes what we tell it. The mind believes what we repeat over and over and over again to it. And if you are sitting there scratching your head going, what in the hell is a cognitive distortion? What is Allison talking about? That's okay. I'm going to cover that too. We're going to do a little intro, a little quick lesson in cognitive distortion and what it means, and then we'll dive into the episode. So that said... Thank you guys again for joining me, and let's get into this. All right, guys, I don't even want to waste one moment of time because there's a lot I want to fit in today's episode, and I also don't want it to get too crazy long and drawn out either. So let's get straight into this. Cognitive distortions. By definition, a cognitive distortion is an exaggerated or an irrational thought pattern. These are repetitive cyclical thoughts that we get stuck in and that we live over and over and over again. So these distorted thoughts and these distorted thought patterns, they can actually cause people to perceive reality inaccurately or just differently than how reality actually is being placed and presented in front of them. And obviously that can trigger a lot of not really ideal outcomes for you when you are experiencing reality differently from what reality actually is and from what reality is to those around you who aren't thinking in this distorted way, it can create a lot of problems and a lot of pressure in your life in your relationships, in your relationship with yourself, in the way that you view yourself. 
And the thing about cognitive distortions is they're not exclusive to one type of person, right? Honestly, they don't discriminate at all. Every single person will very likely struggle with cognitive distortion thinking at least once in their life. It's all about what you do when those distorted thoughts start popping up and when you notice that there's a pattern and you keep having these same thoughts over and over again. When you look at a really enlightened person, a very spiritual, a very present, a very open-minded person, maybe you don't see any kind of distorted thinking in them. But most likely what happened was that person essentially saw that in themselves. They recognized these negative thought patterns. They recognized these cognitive distortions and they decided to get their shit together. (laughs) Like they decided to just work through that and start doing the work. And the work for cognitive distortions is reframing your thoughts. It's like 90% reframing your thoughts and 10% identifying those thoughts because sometimes it's hard to even recognize what parts of our thinking are distorted because we've been thinking these thoughts for so, so long that they just feel like our reality now. If you're not completely following yet, that's okay. I'm about to dive into some examples of cognitive distortions here in a second, and that will probably provide a good amount of clarity. The first cognitive distortion I wanna talk about is something called catastrophic thinking. And this is something that I used to be so incredibly guilty of almost every single day of my life. I was doing this at one point and from time to time, I'll still catch myself starting to slip into this mindset and this way of thinking. But now that I'm aware of it, it's a lot easier for me to pay attention and to rewire and to reframe those thoughts as I'm seeing them coming in. So what this catastrophic thinking is, let me give an example that is going to be so much easier. So imagine that you are about to head out on a weekend trip with some friends. Let's just say you're going to Aruba. You're going to go sit on the beach in Aruba. You're going to see some flamingos. You're going to drink out of a pineapple. It's going to be flippin' magical. It's going to be wonderful. You're all excited. It's really all you can think or talk about, and you just can't wait to go on this trip. So the day of the trip comes around, and you're sitting in the airport, And your mind just starts racing. All of a sudden, you're worried about everything. You're thinking something could happen with the plane. You're thinking that when you get there to check in for the hotel, oh my gosh, what if there's a huge long wait? What if I forget something? You are just thinking of every single possible negative outcome. And you are magnifying that. You are magnifying every little thing that could go wrong. And you are making that your center of attention and the center of your focus. And not only are you thinking about what could go wrong, you are obsessing over the worst case scenario. You are finding whatever that is for you, the worst case scenario. On a trip, that could be something like losing your passport, missing your flight. Um, Someone has a terrible injury and you have to stop the trip early. These are your worst case scenarios. And that's where your brain is going if you are somebody who struggles with catastrophic thinking. Something small might happen, but then that triggers your mind 
to just start turning its wheels, turning and turning faster and faster. And then before you know it, you are convinced that the very worst possible case scenario is going to come into fruition. It's going to come into reality. If you're in the hospital and you feel a little sick, you might have the stomach flu, something like that, something pretty manageable, a person with catastrophic thinking, a person with that distorted way of thinking is going to assume that they're going to die And if you don't think in a catastrophic way, if that's not something you struggle with, that might sound so ridiculous and so far-fetched. But somebody with anxiety or somebody who does just struggle with this particular distortion, someone like that may see a trip to the hospital as something that will end so, so horribly because all they can see, all they can think of is that worst possible case scenario, which as we know, is not good when you're in a hospital setting. In a hospital setting, you obviously aim for and crave the best case scenario, right? That's what we're always hoping for. And so when you are somebody who struggles with catastrophic thinking, that can be a big challenge for you. So that's a little bit on catastrophic thinking It's essentially living your life, waiting for the worst possible case scenario to happen in every single thing you do. It's just waiting around and thinking about the worst case and preparing for it and planning for it. And it's just a very distorted way of thinking, but it's also a very challenging distortion to overcome because a lot of us, I think, prepare for the worst Because we've lived through our worst. Maybe that was a death in the family. Maybe it was a horrible accident. Maybe it was some other type of trauma. But someone who has been through a lot of things may turn really resilient and strong. But they may also turn to distorted thought patterns like catastrophic thinking. Because it feels like stability. Although it's not stability to be constantly thinking about what could go wrong, it feels that way because at least in my mind, if I'm thinking the worst case, at least I'm prepared for it and it can't fully blindside me, you know? But that said, it's still not a healthy way of thinking and it's still something that you have to take the time to address within yourself. So that's catastrophic thinking. Next, I want to get into a cognitive distortion that you probably are already fully aware of, and it is the blame game, blaming others. Blame is a little thing that happens when we're writing our stories and we suddenly decide that we want to be the victim of the story and we want everybody else around us to be the perpetrators and the bad guys. It's playing that victim role and it's holding other people accountable for your emotions and your feelings instead of holding yourself responsible or accountable. Blame and blaming is deciding to put the pressure and the fault on outside external sources instead of accepting that maybe some of the issues were internal. Maybe they did stem from us. However, somebody who is actively playing the blame game won't be able to even recognize that they are doing it because they are so certain 
that the problem is an external thing, that the problem exists outside of them, that they won't even take the right time to sit and figure out that, yeah, a lot of it is coming from the inside. I have struggled with the blame game so much in my past, and I really do think it's because it's easy. It's an easy thought cycle to fall into because when we accept responsibility for ourselves, when we choose to be accountable and responsible for our actions and our mistakes, that's not an easy thing. It takes a lot of uncomfortable moments. It takes a lot of being on like very analytical with yourself. It takes a lot of work. I'm so sorry. I just realized my microphone is being crazy. I think I've fixed it. We shall see. Thank you for bearing with me. But as I was saying, it is very, very easy to simply pass the blame onto someone else, to blame your ex-boyfriend, to blame the way your parents raised you, to blame the way your roommate treats you. It's so, so easy to just take all of the pressure and the responsibility and just shove it onto somebody else. It's hard to accept responsibility and it's hard to quit the blame game, but we should do it anyway. So that's blaming. Blaming is playing the victim and it's refusing to take any responsibility for what's happening to you. It's living at the whim of what you have convinced yourself other people are doing, saying, thinking, blah, blah, blah. It's a very hard cognitive distortion to overcome because blaming gives us a sense of security, right? Because when we blame somebody else, we don't have to look in the mirror and see the perpetrator staring back at us. When we tell ourselves that we are always the victim and that people are always doing things to us and hurting us, we really are handing over our power in so many ways. So yeah, that's blaming. We have blaming, we have catastrophic thinking, and now I want to talk about something called polarized thinking. Polarized thinking. Another way to say this is all or nothing thinking or black and white thinking. You may have heard this before. I feel like people use black and white thinking generally when they're talking about this cognitive distortion. But it really does have several names. So you may have heard it referred to as several things, but know now that this is all the same thing. A polarized thinking pattern is essentially the belief that there are no gray areas in life. It's the belief that everything that happens to you, every sentence, every single thing that crosses your path is inherently all good or all bad, right? It's that black or white thinking that tells you there are no gray areas. It's simply true or false. It's simply good or bad. It is simply right or wrong. It's all or nothing. This can present as a real challenge in someone who struggles with their self-image because if you have all or nothing thinking patterns and you're not really in a good relationship with yourself, this can cause you to think that you either have to be perfect and flawless or you are a complete failure, a total letdown. 
someone with an all or nothing way of thinking may struggle to say, oh, I'm just having a tough week. I'm going through some stuff. I'm working on myself. This is a small flaw of mine. None of that. A person who has all or nothing thinking patterns wants to either believe that they are godlike and they are doing perfectly, wonderfully, checking all the boxes, not letting anybody down, or they are just useless, a complete and total failure and not going to go anywhere in life. And that sounds so harsh and so ridiculous, but those are thoughts that people with distorted, polarized thinking patterns think all the time. I can't tell you how many times I have made one little mistake and then gone home and cried my eyes out and looked in the mirror and said, you suck, you're doing terrible, you're falling apart. And it's taken me up until recently to realize how much that has affected me and how many long-term marks have been left on my heart because I was so hard on myself during those moments of all-or-nothing thinking. When we're doing all-or-nothing thinking, we don't leave any room for ourselves to be human and to just make human mistakes. And we need that, right? We need a healthy, good relationship with ourselves. We need to be able to show ourselves grace and compassion and forgiveness when we fall short or when we need some rest. We should be our own best friends. And all or nothing thinking is something worth addressing in yourself. Because if you're a best friend was having these thoughts and they were making her feel like shit, I guarantee you, you would tell her to take a minute to stop and to think about ways to reframe those thoughts. So love yourself enough to realize that you can also make that change. You can also challenge those belief patterns. And so that's polarized thinking for you. That is what all or nothing thought patterns are. They are repetitive and persistent thoughts that you either have to be perfect or you're complete letdown. You have to be all in or all out or nothing or that's it. Here's another example of that. If you're in a relationship and maybe you just have a little fight or a couple fights in a row, a person with all or nothing thinking is going to go, bing, time to break up. We are no longer happy. We are toxic. We're a horrible match. It's time to break up because we had that one fight or because we didn't see eye to eye. And this can be such a draining and toxic cycle to fall into. All or nothing thinking makes you think that one small flaw makes a person entirely evil. Anyone who does you wrong or messes up or hurts you one time, they're now the ultimate perpetrator See how cognitive distortions sort of cross over as well? The blaming presents in the polarized thinking and the catastrophic thinking can show up in the blaming or so on. So again, so far we have talked about catastrophic thinking, assuming that the worst case scenario is always on its way to you. We talked a little about the blame game, about blaming, about mis placing your responsibilities and your stress and your traumas onto others and then we just touched on polarized thinking the all or nothing way of living 
where no gray areas exist and everything in your life has to be 100% or it cannot exist, cannot thrive. I want to talk about just two more forms of cognitive distortions and then we'll get into the fun part, which is talking about how to combat them and how to actually implement action into your life that will help turn these cognitive distortions around and turn them back into a healthier and happier reality for your brain. The next distortion I'm going to talk about is one that you might be familiar with. I'm actually going to take a wild guess here and assume that you are familiar with this one because this is a very, very common cognitive distortion. And it is jumping to conclusions. Jumping to conclusions. So we'll split this up into two categories. We have the mind reading and we have the future telling categories. Mind reading is exactly what it sounds like. It's not a trick phrase at all. It is just assuming that you know what others are thinking. Assuming you know what their intentions are just based off your past and other people you've met but there's no actual concrete evidence. You are just trying to read their mind. This could look like you're in a car with your friend or a significant other, and they're really quiet and they're looking out the window. They won't really talk to you or communicate with you. And so instead of asking them what's wrong, instead of starting an open conversation, you go into your head instead. And you start with the cycle, you start thinking, you start overthinking, and suddenly you catch yourself assuming you know what this person is thinking. You're like, oh shit, they're upset. They're ignoring me because I'm annoying, or maybe that little argument we had last night, now they're pissed and they don't even want to communicate with me. And then you start assuming their intentions and these things about them, when in reality, Maybe this person is just tired or maybe this person is like really enjoying the song on the radio. So they're tuning out, but either way you neglect the option to communicate openly and instead you skip ahead, you skip forward and just read their mind or try to read their mind. Because the thing is you aren't a mind reader and these things that you're thinking hold no actual weight. None of them are actually reality They're just direct reflections of things you've been through and distorted thought patterns you have. That's mind reading and it's based in the present. It's based in a time where you think that you know what someone is actively thinking and what their current intentions are. On the flip side of that, you have fortune telling and fortune telling is also what it sounds like. It's when you think that because of past experiences, You're able to predict what will happen. You're able to predict an outcome before the situation even takes place. Or so you think, right? Because unless you are a genie with your magic ball, you aren't a fortune teller. You aren't able to see what's going to happen. And generally, it's not safe to assume you know the outcome of a situation just because it's been a situation in the past. For example, if you went to Cairo or to Paris with some friends a few years ago and a pickpocket stole all your money, maybe you will start thinking any trip I go on abroad, anytime I leave the country, I'm going to get robbed. 
people are going to take my money. That's fortune telling. You think that because you have lived through a situation before, you know how it's going to end. And that's also overgeneralization. It's kind of like a crossover between the two. I guess overgeneralization is when you're assuming that you know how it's going to end because you've seen this situation before. And then fortune telling is just simply making conclusions and predictions based off little to no evidence, right? Based off zero confirmed facts. It's totally based off feelings and emotions and what you've been through in the past and how you've seen other people handle themselves, but none of it is actual concrete evidence. Both mind reading and fortune telling can have extremely adverse and negative effects in your relationships. Because let's be honest with ourselves, who really wants to be around somebody who's constantly trying to read their mind? Because first of all, they're doing a terrible job. It's super inaccurate because we aren't wired to read each other's minds. But second of all, it's just irritating to not be allowed the space to express how you're feeling. So when you have somebody who is fortune telling or who is mind reading and who is just assuming things about you, it's exhausting. And in the past, I've done that to others. I have been projecting my issues onto them through fortune telling and through these ways of thought. But as I have zoomed in on these things and started identifying them in myself, I've been able to start the reframing process and I've been able to start changing the way that these thought patterns run inside of me. So quick review, we talked about catastrophic thinking, we talked about the blame game, we talked about polarized thinking slash all or nothing thinking, and we just covered jumping to conclusions, which has those two subcategories of mind reading and fortune telling. So, so far we have covered four of the different types of cognitive distortions. I would go into more, but there's some other things I'd like to touch on. But I will say, if you are curious about finding others, there are tons of resources online. Just look up cognitive distortions. Personalization, mental filtering. There are still a lot of other types of cognitive distortions that I didn't talk about. And so if you're curious, feel free to dive in and do a little reading on them because that's how you catch yourself and how you correct yourself is actively trying to identify which distortive ways of thinking you're susceptible to. And if you struggle with multiple cognitive distortions, have no fear, don't fret. A lot of us do. It's all about putting in the work and reframing those thoughts. So now I want to talk about why you should combat cognitive distortions, why it's worth putting in the work, why it's worth taking 20, 30 minutes a day to write out your cognitive distortions and then to rewrite and reframe those same thoughts into something more rational and something more positive. Why should we even bother? Well, because cognitive distortions affect you and every single person that you are exposed to or are surrounded by. Because when you're doing things like blaming others, it's not just you who's involved, right? Like 
first of all, let's acknowledge you because you matter a lot. When you're playing the blame game, it hurts you because you are giving up your power. You are saying everything that happens is because of other people. And by that logic, I'm just at the whim of other people. I have no real power in my life. The things that happen to me just happen to me. It's victim mentality. Blaming the blame game, it hurts us so much because it encourages a victim mentality. And then it hurts others too because you are blindly tossing blame and responsibility onto anyone who will take it, essentially. And then there's polarized thinking where you have these all or nothing thoughts for so long that it damages your relationship with yourself so deeply because you've convinced yourself that everything you do is either done seamlessly or terribly. And so every time you hit a little bump in the road or you make a small mistake, you are just verbally whipping yourself. You are thinking and talking about how awful you are and about how short you fell and you're being hard on yourself as a direct result of your polarized thinking, of your black or white thinking. This is also, as I was saying, extremely problematic in relationships, both romantic and platonic, because when you're thinking all or nothing like that, a little mistake or a bad day or someone using the wrong tone with you can feel so big and important and so personal, like a personal slight against you, when most of the time, It's really not. So the reason we should challenge our cognitive distortions and sort of get them in line is because it affects us. It affects our relationship with ourselves. It affects others and those relationships. And it's cyclical in nature. It's a cycle. And the longer we set these unhealthy habits for ourselves, the longer we let ourselves jump to conclusions, the longer we blame others, the harder it's ultimately going to be to stop and to rewire and to change those thinking patterns. You deserve a healthy and happy brain. You deserve to challenge those negative thought patterns within yourself. And that's why you should combat your cognitive distortions. That's why, first of all, you should identify them so you know where your struggle is. But then that's why you should see it through and actually do the work once you've identified it. So now we've gone over the definition of cognitive distortions, what it means. We've gone over a few examples of these thought patterns. We've gone over why it's worth combating and reframing these thoughts. And now I want to talk about the reason you came here today, the how how to combat cognitive distortion, how to reframe or rewire thought patterns that have been instilled in us for seriously decades, decades. My very first piece of advice for you, if you are somebody who struggles with any of these distorted ways of thinking, is to really familiarize yourself with the definition of reframing. Reframing is essentially taking a thought and just like it sounds and reframing that and building a new way of seeing that thought. And this can alter the way you see the world. It can alter an entire experience. It can alter the way that you sort of perceive other people. It can be a lot of things. 
And reframing is a very valuable and powerful tool. You can use reframing to take a situation that's stressful or traumatic or uncomfortable and you can turn that situation into something completely different. You can turn it into a challenge that happened for you so you could learn from it. You could turn it into the bump in the road that led to you climbing up the hill to your full potential shortly after. You can reframe it into whatever you want and that's where your power is. One thing I would really encourage you to do tonight is to sit down and write out all of the thoughts that you have that are based on emotion, that have no solid concrete evidence, but are just based on emotion, and then try to see which ones need reframed. So maybe you write down, all men are evil, all men are the worst. Or maybe you write down, if I travel, all of my money will be stolen from me. Whatever it is, you write it down and then you're going to reframe it. And there's all kinds of resources online for reframing practices or exercises. But the easiest, most basic way to do it is to write on the left your distorted view. And then on the right, just write what you know to be true. Write what concrete evidence supports. So on the left, maybe it's all men are evil, they suck. And then on the right, you don't even have to rush into being super, super positive. If it feels easier to be neutral at first, you can do that. Maybe on the right, you'll just put, I sometimes catch myself believing that all men are evil, but I know this is a result of my experience with one man, period. I also know that there are plenty of men in my life who are reliable and sweet and good-natured. Therefore, I know this is a distorted way of thinking and not all men are evil. There are evil people, but not all people are evil. So yes, you'll continue to write down little thoughts on the left side of your paper, little thoughts that you know deep, deep down are probably not true. Those catastrophic ways of thinking, those worst case scenario moments, that jumping to conclusions and the mind reading and the fortune telling, it's writing down those thoughts and then sitting and just reconstructing them so that they can be positive and uplifting thoughts. And, you know, this isn't to say that if you're father gets cancer you should just go right down my dad has cancer and then on the other side right oh well it's okay that my dad has cancer no bad things are still totally allowed to be bad things and you should feel them as such a cognitive distortion is when you are literally looking at something that's not even a necessarily negative event and you're interpreting it in a negative sense and so it's It's not when your dad has cancer, it's when someone cuts you off in traffic or when your friend doesn't text you back fast enough and you start thinking all of these things. It's not being upset when bad things happen. It's interpreting neutral situations and neutral thoughts as negatives. It's interpreting everything in your life as a negative. And... Stomping out these distorted ways of thought isn't something that happens overnight, right? It takes consistency. 
because you've been telling yourself these same thoughts for 15, 20, 30, 40 years. So that's really what your brain is used to. That's what your brain has been told for the last however many months. It's going to take some time for these new ways of thinking and these new core beliefs to really embed themselves into you and become your reality. So it's important to start doing the work and get at it, but it's also important to be patient with yourself. And when these thoughts start popping up, noticing them. Noticing is the very first step. It's the first key part to overcoming cognitive distortions. Because when you're unaware of irrational thinking patterns, you could just think that you're an irrational person or that you're crazy or that something's deeply wrong with you because you're playing the victim, because you're thinking in black and white that things are perfect or they're nothing, because you're trying to read people's minds and tell their futures. You could really interpret these things as awful, awful traits within you when they're really just distorted thought patterns that you have held on to for too long and need to reframe. Becoming aware of what distortions exist and live in your mind, what thought patterns that are a little irrational hang out inside of you, when you realize this, when you can start catching them and noticing them, you have reclaimed your power. You have stepped right back into your power Because awareness, being aware of what you are thinking is seriously so, so, so key. Because now that you're aware of what you're thinking, you can actually address it. And you can actually identify the trigger points and what's making those thoughts surface. I struggled with distortive ways of thought for the longest time because I had no idea why I was thinking the things I was thinking. I assumed maybe I was just a negative person, right? Or maybe I was just a very, very sensitive person. But as I did the research, I was realizing, wow, these are legitimate patterns of thinking that affect people. These thought cycles, although super problematic, are also very common and a lot of us will struggle with them at some point or another. So it's reassuring and it's comforting to know that there are tons of resources online that you can use for reframing exercises and yeah, and just learning how to live forward and move through these cognitive distortions instead of sitting in them and suffering. So as always, I would love to give you a small homework assignment. It's very, very optional, clearly, but tonight I challenge you to do a reframing exercise to either find one on Google or maybe just write out your irrational thoughts on the left. And then on the right side, you'll fill in the opposite of those irrational thoughts. So the rationalized version and just start figuring out which patterns you are the most susceptible to. Maybe that's the blame game. Maybe that's personalization. Maybe that's overgeneralization, but Do a small bit of research on these thought patterns to find out what you struggle with and it will pay off so much, guys. This has been a really fun episode to record. I was so excited for this one and I'm really, really stoked to release it in a few minutes. So again, I want to thank you guys as always for showing up and holding some space for me and my message today and letting me share a little part of your today with you. 
If you aren't following my Instagram for the podcast yet, this is your sign to. We just did an awesome giveaway last week for some self-care intention journals and abundance candles and affirmation cards, all kinds of goodies. So give us a follow on Instagram. That's at wishyouwell.podcast, at wishyouwell.podcast on Instagram. And I'm already super excited for next week. Thank you guys and have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day. This has been Allison Toth on Wishing You Wellness.